You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. Amen. I got a hot wife. <laughs> she turned 28 yesterday, y'all. Woo! 28 never looks so good. And we had another birthday, Miss Barnhill. She's not even in here. Lindsay Barnhill, she is in the children's ministry, working for Jesus. We need somebody for the children, right? We've had a lot of good stuff this morning. Are you glad you came today? The Gideon ministry, my dad sang, I'm preaching, everything's going good today. No, in all reality though, the Gideon ministry is incredible. Uh, I, I love their ministry because if you really think about it, the money and the things that, that you give to allow them to be able to go out and purchase the Bibles and to send them out, you're a part of that. So when someone reads that and accepts Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, you're a part of that. Can you imagine if you give to that ministry the number of people that are going to come to you in heaven and say, hey, you remember whenever you gave to the Gideon ministry when they came to your church? I read the Bible a month later and I got saved because you gave and that was the Bible that you paid for. Can you imagine that? I encourage you to give to them. My family is here today, my dad and my stepmom and my brother Gervy. Uh, love and appreciate them. And uh, also, I think that's it. All righty. <laughs> Now, okay, we're all here today, and, and I, I just want to talk to you for just a, a little bit. I'm not going to keep you very long. We've had a lot going on this morning, but I do want to get some word into you, and it's, it's some more good stuff. Uh, we are all here on earth. We're here with a purpose. We're here with a plan. We're here not just to sit and stagnate, right? Everybody here has a call from God. Everybody here has a purpose, has a place, has a destiny that they're headed to, right? You may not know where it is yet, but work on that because you're going somewhere, right? Ask your neighbor, where are you going? Come on, turn to the other side. Where are you going? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to go verses 1 through 5. Pastor Israel's putting that up on the uh, big screen for me. Genesis 12, verses 1. It's in the G's. G -G Genesis. <laughs> now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and all, that, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all the possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came into the land of Canaan. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the next few minutes under your word. I thank you, Father, for the precious anointing and the precious power and the presence of the Holy Ghost here today. I thank you, Lord, that your people are going to leave today forever changed and with greater knowledge of, what, of your word than what they came in with. God, not for my glory, God, but for yours alone. I thank you, Lord, that your people have a have a, a heart to receive today, God, that they've already, already worshiped you, God. They've already set up an atmosphere to receive what you have for them in their life. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
Amen. Look back with me uh, at verse one uh, and, and, and then just put your finger there because I'm coming back. But I want to tell you a couple of things that I'm going to be talking to you about. Three things that are super important to remember that whenever you're uh, uh, going to where God's calling you to go. First, sometimes you're just going to have to leave some stuff behind. Amen. That's probably one of the hardest things uh, of the three that I'm talking to you about today. But sometimes you're just going to have to learn to leave some stuff behind. Number two, trust the promises. And number three, go in faith. Sometimes you got to leave some stuff behind, church. Trust the promises and go in faith. When God gives you a call, when God asks you to go somewhere or do something, Leave some stuff behind. Trust the promises and go in faith. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It starts off, God's telling Abram, get out of your country, get away from your family, away from your father's house to a land that I will show you. He didn't even know where he's going. Can you imagine? Abram's standing there like, okay, God, you know, God's like, Abram, get away from your family. And he's like, okay. And he's like, get out of your father's house. Yes, sir. Go to a land, okay, that I will show you, huh? What do you, I mean, it kind of sounds contradictory, right? But sometimes God needs to know that you're willing to go, right? Sometimes God needs to know that, that okay, I'm, I'm already stepping. I'm already, I'm already going. So when Parrish and I first got married, we went to, um, we, we were at Pastor John's church in McKinney, Pastor John and Pastor Ann's church, and uh, we were there uh, for a couple of years as married. We, we had been there in youth and then grew up, got married, and then uh, were there and, and leading worship, uh, uh, you know, several times a month and, and just periodically whenever we were needed. And um, so everything was going great. Everything was perfect. The, the church was, had grown up to, you know, 700 people or more. I mean, it was great. Life was great for us. And one time we were, we were at home and we were praying and I said, I said, I, I feel like we're not going to be at Cornerstone Worship Center for very much longer. I don't know how long and I don't know how long we'll be wherever we're going, but I know that we're not going to be there much longer. And of course my wife was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going great. God's not going to move us, you know? And so I, I told Parrish, and I was like, well, you know, just pray about it. You know, I'm, I'm really feeling God on this. So a, a, about a, a couple of weeks later, Pastor John came up and said, hey, you know, can I talk to you? And, and he, he serves in an apostle uh, leadership role, so he plants churches, and he grows ministries, and he, and he places people in different places. So when he came up to me and he said, hey, can I talk to you? I had known Pastor John for a long time and loved him for a long time, so I knew that he was about to ask me to do something. <laughs> so he says, I have a ministry uh, that I oversee in Granbury, and I'd really like you all to go and just kind of see how it works out, go out there and, um, and, and lead worship for them. They're wanting to make a change, and, and uh, so I'd really like you to do that. And I was like, oh, you know, man, this is not, I, everything's going great. Everything is awesome. The church is growing. We love our pastors. You know, we've been with them for a long time. Why is God going to move us now? Sometimes you feel like that in your own life. Things are going great, God. My job is great. My kids are serving you. I don't know. I don't want to go. Why do I have to leave? Why do I have to go somewhere else? You, there's a need somewhere that you're going to be meeting. So Abram says, and the end of that story, five years later, we came back. <laughs> so you never know where you're going back to, but just be obedient to God when he tells you to go. Amen. 
Amen. So Abram, get out of your family's house. Get away from your, your, your father's house. Leave, leave some stuff. In other words, Abram, sometimes you're just going to have to leave some stuff behind. Abram didn't even know where he was going. He didn't even know. God said, to a land that I will show you. So in other words, Abram, go. Leave some stuff. In verse 5, the Bible says that, um, that he took his nephew and he took his wife and he took the possessions that they had gathered up. Now, not, not all their possessions. The Bible doesn't say he took all their possessions. It says he took all the possessions that they had gathered. So God does not want you to be in lack today. God doesn't want you to. God is, is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. He's not going to leave you empty-handed. But what I'm saying is, don't get me wrong, he wants you to have plenty. But what I'm saying is, sometimes the stuff that we want isn't necessary for our travel. It's not necessary for where he's calling us to. It's not necessary to where we're going, where we're headed, Right? God does not want you empty-handed. He just, the stuff, some of the stuff that you are trying to carry is not necessary. Tell somebody, sometimes you're just going to have to leave some stuff. Some of you didn't say it, but that's all right, because I'll get you to say something else later. <laughs> stuff today could be represented in a number of things. Not only material things, but think about addictions or habits or hang-ups or hurts or people or relationships. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I the only real person here today? Hurts, habits, hang-ups, people, relationships, a number of things. Hurt, uh, stuff today could be uh, translated into whatever you put into that blank. Whatever you feel like you need to leave, that's the stuff that sometimes you're just going to have to get rid of, Right? Addictions, habits, people, relationships, past hurts, places, things, a noun, person, place, thing, idea. I don't know. Whatever it is. Now you say, but what about my age? I've, I've, I've accumulated a lot. Abram was 75. Think about all he had. You may say, but what will people say? Sometimes you're just going to have to leave some stuff. That's what I say. What about, what, what, what about my friends? What if they don't come? Sometimes you're just going to have to leave some stuff. But, but I've been here a while. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to go and leave some stuff. You can't get in a place and stay there so long that you become stagnant because then you just start to smell and you serve no purpose. Sometimes you're just going to have to leave some stuff. My point is some of us would complain if God just asked us to go to the mailbox. I'm serious. No, come on. Y'all were shouting just a minute ago. Sometimes God asks us to do things, even the simplest little things, and we're not willing. We're not, we're, we, we don't want to step out of our comfort zone. We don't want to have to leave some stuff. We don't think it's necessary. We want to try to go to the next call, to the next place, to the, na to the next uh, destiny that, that God is calling us to, but we want to take the baggage and the trash with us into the next season, into the next situation, into the next ministry, into the next place. Sometimes you're just going to have to leave it. 
Philippians 3 and verse 12, starting in verse 12, Paul says, not that I am already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself as apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching toward those which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Sometimes, church, you're going to have to leave some stuff. Now, what I love about this is Paul says, Paul says this. Look, listen to this. In other words, I'm not perfect. I just left some stuff behind forgetting them, and I press on not looking behind looking forward I press on I'm moving forward I'm going ahead I'm leaving what I'm leaving behind and I'm going this way these things are going to try to call my name but I'm going this way anybody know what I'm talking about today sometimes you got to leave it sometimes you're just going to have to leave it God is not looking for the equipped he's looking for the willing he will equip you don't feel like you're, like you're unworthy or like you can't because you're not equipped. God will equip you. He just needs you to be willing. He needs your, your willingness in, in, in the ministry. He needs your willingness in your situation, in your season, where he's taking you. Now get this. This is something else that, that's incredible to me. Abraham had no clue where he was going. All he had was promises. That's all he had. God says, get away from your family. Leave some stuff behind. Now, he took his wife. <laughs> amen. All the married men said amen. I'd take my wife too. But he did, leave, he did have to leave some stuff, right? So, but all he had was promises. He didn't even know where he was going. God said go, and Abraham went. And then he's, you know, I can, if I was Abraham, I'd be like, um, not Abraham, Abram. Sorry, he wasn't Abraham yet. So I'm like, oh, where am I going? Abram didn't even know where he was headed. All he had was promises. Look in verse, um, I think it's verse two, yeah. Look in verse two, and I'll go over those with you. After God tells Abram to, to, uh, to, to go, he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you. You have promises today. You have promises established under, you have better promises today established under a better covenant because Jesus already came. So the promises that Abram had, you have better. You have more. You have an abundance more of what Abram had. You have promises today. You've got to trust the promises. Tell somebody, trust the promises, huh? Eh, like the fawns on happy days, is that what that is? Trust the promises, huh? You got to trust them. You have promises. You know, I, I did a, um, a uh, Google search on the internet. It must, has to be right if I did it, you know. So <laughs> it came from the internet, right? So it has to be accurate. So, but, but check up on me on this because it's not, I didn't, I didn't do the study myself. But someone, someone said that uh, on the internet that, that they have found over 3,500 direct promises in the word of God. Another person said they found over 7,000. The, the point is you have thousands of promises in the word waiting for you, waiting for you, waiting directly for your situation. And, 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 and what's the best, not only do you have promises, but, but listen to this verse. 2 Corinthians, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Uh, for all the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen. 
In him, yes, and in him, amen. Aren't you glad it's not no or we'll see? It's not a no, maybe, or we'll see. The promises are yes and amen. That's cut and dry. Amen, so be it. It's done. Call it finished. Yes, and it's finished. Yes, and it's done. Yes, and so be it. It's finished. It's waiting and ready for you. The promises of God in Jesus are yes and amen. The answer is yes, and the answer is amen. Now, there's a song whenever I was raised in church, whenever I was little, um, we sang hymns. And there's a song, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Some of you are singing it, so you know it. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. So everybody's heard it, everybody's sang it, but do we believe it? Again, you were shouting a minute ago, just, just two seconds ago, on the last point, you were shouting. It, it was there. I heard you. <laughs> We've got to get to a place, myself included, where we don't just sing the words of songs. We understand what they're saying. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing on the promises of God. Standing. Trusting them. Standing on the promises. Now, when my kids... Um, were little, uh, not when they were little, but now. They're still little. I don't know what I'm thinking. Um, when, when, when my kids, every day when I get home, my kids um, ask if they can go swimming. We have a pool, and um, th they want to go swimming every single day. It, it never fails. The very first thing, not dad, how's your day? Dad, did you work hard today? Dad, let me get you a cup of sweet tea. No. Can we go swimming, please, please, please? Can we go swimming? Can we go swimming? Can we go swimming? A lot of times I say no because I don't want to go. I don't want to have to go with them. Sometimes I say maybe. Sometimes I say we'll see, right? Or sometimes I say wait till mama gets home and then we'll see. But but what, but what I think is amazing today is that the Bible says all the promises are yes and amen. Now, when I, whenever I tell my kids no or maybe, it leaves me a little bit of leeway to change my mind at a later date. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody else do that with their kids? Like they, they say something and you, you, you kind of don't know what the future is fixing to hold. So you say, eh, we'll see, or maybe, or just flat out no. And then, and then you can change your mind later. God is not like that. He's already made up his mind that the promises are yes and amen. When you go to God for a promise, he's not going to say no or we'll see. Now, the other day, Malachi came up to me and said, Dad, can we go swimming tomorrow? And to get him out of my way, I said, yes. And then he said, you promise. And I said, yes. And then the next day, he said, Dad, remember, you promised we can go swimming. Today, you have that kind of access to your heavenly father. God, you promised my situation's gonna work out in my favor because your word says it. As uh, Brother Jack said earlier, the word does not return void. It accomplishes where you send it. God, you promised that my finances are gonna work out because you will provide all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God, you promised health in my body so whatever I'm going through is mine and I'm healed because by your stripes, I am healed. The promises for your situation are yes and amen. It's not no, maybe, or we'll see. 
the things that you're going through. Find a promise. Stand on it. Sometimes I'll be standing in my kitchen just singing that song, Standing on the Promises, and my wife makes fun of me. <laughs> she's, she's not a big fan of the old music, but sometimes it, it reminds me. It, it lets me know, Casey, you still have the right as an heir and a child of the living God to claim your promises, to stand where God has called you, to stand where God has, has promises ready, available, and willing to give to you. Yes and Amen. Yes and amen. Now, there's promises everywhere in the word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you a couple. You don't have to write them down. Maybe you can grab the CD later. I'm fixing to paraphrase, y'all. Y'all don't tell Pastor John that I, uh, that I was misquoting the scripture. I'm just paraphrasing. This is Casey's version. Just going to give you a couple of scriptures. <laughs> there's a promise of comfort in Hebrews 13, 5. says that God will never leave you nor forsake you. Promise of guidance in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says to trust and acknowledge God and he will direct your path. Promise of peace in, uh, um, that says when you pray, do not be anxious for anything, but the peace of God will pass that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Not only your heart, but and your mind. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. The promise of protection, Psalms 91, one of my favorite scriptures. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It goes on, but that's the protection that you have. That find a promise for your situation. Find something that, that you know that the Word of God says. Declare that over your situation, and it has no choice but to change. No choice. The promises are yes and amen. You have them today. They're for you. Number three, go in faith. I told you we was going to get done quick today. I knew we had a lot going on, but this is still a good word. Go in faith. Let's turn to um, Matthew chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 22. Matthew 14, starting in verse 22. <coughs> The Bible says, starting in verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when the evening had come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the, way, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch, of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had gotten out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But now listen to this. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous and he was afraid, he began sinking and cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Put yourself in Peter's shoes or sandals. Put yourself, put yourself there. Really? Jesus, oh, you of little faith, I would have said, these yahoos didn't even try. I, I'm the one that, that got out. 
I, I, one leg at a time. I came out on the water to you, Jesus. I came out, Lord. These guys were still sitting there. Oh, you of little faith. Here's the, here's the problem. Look at verse 29. So he, Jesus, said, come. And Peter had, got, had come down and gotten out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. Wouldn't it be nice if it just ended there? And walked on the water to Jesus. Nope, Matthew's got a big mouth, so he kept going. Starting in verse 30. <laughs> but when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, beginning to sink. He said, Lord, save me. Now, why would he be afraid of the boisterous wind? He wasn't surprised by that. He knew that the wind was boisterous because up in verse, along verse 22, it's, he knew it wasn't a surprise to him. The wind didn't just now get boisterous whenever he stepped out of the boat. The boat was already shaken. He knew the situation that he was in, but he was in a comfortable situation because he knew the boat well. He knew that if he was in the boat, he knew exactly what to do. But when he stepped out of the boat... I'm going to submit to you today that it was the fear of the unknown. He didn't know exactly where he was going or what was fixing to happen or his next step, where his next step was going to be. He just knew that Jesus had given him a call and said, come to me. So he stepped out on the boat and fear of the unknown caused him to sink. He wasn't shocked by the winds and the waves. It was the stepping out of the place he was comfortable with, just like Abram. Leave your family. Leave your father. Leave your, your, uh, some of your things. Only bring the stuff that you gathered up. Peter's like, God, I'm stepping out, but I, now I don't know where I'm going from here. Today, if you're in a situation like that, go in faith. Trust God. Believe God. And remember that you're going to have to leave some stuff. You're going to have to trust the promises but go in faith. I encourage you to go in faith. It wasn't until Peter stepped out of the boat, out of his comfort zone, out of what he was used to, out of where he knew what to do back there, but when he got out, it was unknown territory. Sometimes God's calling you into unknown territory to claim it for the kingdom of the living God. There may be some places that you go or you walk, and it hasn't been there. There hasn't been a flag stamped that to, claim, to, the, to claim the ground. God's calling you to do it, to tell somebody about Jesus that, that may not know about Jesus. It doesn't have to be a pastoral ship. It doesn't have to be a worship leader. It doesn't have to be a youth pastor. You're in the ministry every day at your job, at the store, at Walmart, especially at Walmart. You ever been to Walmart? Ooh, especially at Walmart. That's out of my comfort level. I'm going to have to step out of the boat. Tell somebody, step out of the boat, would you? Come on. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> so it wasn't until Peter stepped out of the boat, left his comfort zone, just like Abram, left the place where he, he left the place where he knew. He left the place, uh, uh, but not only did he leave, but he focused on the problem instead of the answer. He focused on, he focused on the, 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 what was causing the problem and, and what the, the, the reason that he was scared. And, and I'm going to tell you today that there's going to be crazy winds in your life. There's going to be boisterous, crazy winds. And you know why? You know how I know? Because I live. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a human. I'm alive. And not only that, the Bible says in John 10.10 10, that the thief, the enemy, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the problem. 
but, but read the rest of that verse. The answer is Jesus came. The devil may come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came. That's your answer, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I saw all, I saw lips across this building finishing that with me. I said, Jesus came, and then they have life, and I saw, so all of you know it. Everybody finished it for me. I wouldn't even have to say nothing. You wouldn't know what I was talking about. So the fact that you know it is so encouraging because you know Jesus came that you may have life. That's your answer. There is a problem that the thief come to still kill and destroy, but Jesus came. That's the answer today. Jesus came. I encourage you to go in faith. Know who you are in Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith, now faith. Right now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith. Anybody got some now faith in here today? Now faith. I love that. I, I, I like to say that verse like that. Now faith. Not now faith. Now faith. Faith isn't going to help you tomorrow. In a situation that you're facing now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, I know some pretty hardcore cowboy fans in Dallas, and let me tell you that it's the substance of things hoped for, the Bible says. So you can't hope for the cowboys to win the Super Bowl in 1992. Today, you can't hope that in 1992. It's in the past. You're, the Bible's talking about the things hoped for, the things that are coming, the things that you're fixing to walk into. Now faith is the substance for those things and the evidence of things not seen. It's already your solution for that. Faith, right now. Go in faith. Right now, you are preparing for right here and right here and right here and on down the line. You prepared for it back here. When you were in the now, right now faith is the substance for that. The things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You're preparing. When you go in faith, you're preparing for that. You, don't even, you haven't even seen it. You don't even know what's coming. But you're preparing yourself in faith. Right now faith. Philippians 1.6 says, now be confident in this very thing, that he who has began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus. Aren't you excited today that he didn't just complete it once? It says he's faithful until Jesus, until Jesus comes. He's continually perfecting you. He's continually completing that good work. He's continually working on your behalf because why? We make mistakes. We're human. He's continually making, making uh, that right for us until the day of Jesus. It's, it's incredible to me that, that some of us think that God is going to call us somewhere and then leave us high and dry. If I told my kids to do something and said, Malachi, I want you to... Um, Go shut the refrigerator. I know that he has, I have confidence that he can do that. I'm not going to ask him to go build a rocket ship. I'm not, it's, it's out of his level. I know that he can't do that right now. I believe with his ability that one day he can, he's extremely brilliant. But right now, that's not at his level. He could draw me a picture. 
I could say, Malachi, go go draw me a rocket ship. But I wouldn't ask him to, to build it because it's out of his level. He's I know that he would fail at that. God is not going to have you do something that you cannot do. He's not going to send you to a place that he knows that you can't conquer. He's not going to send you to a place that he knows that you will be defeated. He wants you to represent him at all times in a good way. So why would he do that? Jesus came that you may have life and more abundantly. Know who you are in God. I've told you this before, but I'm going to say it again. You know, when you go in faith, now hear me, I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm, I'm not being negative, but, but I'm speaking the truth to you. When you go in faith, you're going to get some crazy looks for, from some people. You're going to look like a loony tune. Like you should be next to the pig that says, that's all, folks. Like, I mean, you look like that to them. To God, you look magnificent, standing high, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus when you go in faith. But to, 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 the, to the world, to the people around you, you look like a loony batoonie. I'm serious. Like, anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever said somebody to, something to somebody in faith and they go, no, okay. <laughs> we'll see that. See how that works out for you, you know, waving at you as you go. I'm serious. I mean, that's the truth. I'm really not trying to to be Debbie Downer here, but, I mean, that's the truth. You've got to learn to be confident in who you are in Christ because that's the the response that that you're going to get a lot of. So one time... The, one time I was, it was actually one of the times I, I'd come here for the first time, and I'd gone to a gas station. You, some of you have heard this. I'm going to say it again. I, I've gone to a gas station, uh, one of my first visits here uh, to Durant, Oklahoma, and Parish and I don't dress like everybody in Durant, Durant Oklahoma. It's, that's no secret. I've toned it down just a little bit, but we don't dress like Oklahomaans, Oklahomaans people in Durant, Oklahoma sometimes. So I go to this gas station, and it, the, I'm not going to tell you where it is because I, I was about to tell you, but I don't want to offend anyone. So I went to a gas station, and whenever I walked in, it was before the service, it was early in the morning, I walked in, and I was, I was wearing like a bow tie, and I had a, a striped shirt on, and it was a, like a, not only a bow tie, but a pink one and like with blue dots on it. And, you know, I had probably some skinny jeans on, and, you know, it didn't looked, I looked like I didn't fit, right? And, when, and the guy was wearing, like, overalls with no shirt, no shoes, you know. I mean, he was, like, working the counter. He's like, you want some coffee? And I was like, no, thanks. And, you know, so the, my, my point is this. Though he looked at me. When I walked in, there was people sitting over having coffee, you know, and, and some people sitting on this side having coffee. And I walked in, and it seemed like you could have heard a pin drop. The whole gas station was like just kind of looked at me, and I'm walking up, and I didn't even realize it, and I'm bebopping along, and then I look over, and I notice all the stairs, and I felt like I had just stepped out into faith somewhere. I really did, because I had, at that point, I had to make the decision to be confident, because let me tell you something, church. The people that are going to judge you, just like that guy at the gas station, he didn't know where I was headed. I was headed to a place. I was out in faith, headed to a place, headed to the River Church in Durant, Oklahoma. I was headed somewhere of purpose. He didn't know it, but I was headed somewhere. The people that are going to be judging you, the people that are going to be setting negative things against what you're saying in faith, don't know where you're headed. They don't know that you have a place that you're going to that you're already prepared for. Right now, faith, I got prepared because I knew I was headed somewhere. The people that are going to be setting the negative uh, examples in your life don't know where you're headed. Don't let it discourage you. Keep it in your mind. 
I've already left some stuff. What else do you have to lose? If you followed this strategy, leaving some stuff, trusting the promises and going in faith, by the time you get to going in faith, you've already left it. What else is there to lose? You've already been through the sacrifice part. You've already been through there. You're a step ahead of it. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Keep in your mind that you're a child of the living God. Nothing and nobody can discourage that. If you had that drilled into your mind, Pastor Israel and I were talking yesterday. Uh, we had a little party for my bride at the um, during our worship practice stuff, and some of the worship team came, and uh, he said that he was listening to a song the other day, and it said, you know, I'm a, I don't remember the whole words, but I'm a sinner, and oh, I'm a sinner, and all this, and I'm a sinner, and he said he was worshiping, and he was like, I'm a sinner, I'm a, I, wait, no, no, <laughs> no, and turned it off. <laughs> what you put in your mind, even subconsciously, your mind is, is a powerful tool. You're going to go in the direction of that which you truly believe. And if you continue to put junk and garbage and, and crap in your mind, can I be real today? If you put that in your mind, that's, what you're gonna, that's the direction that you're going to go in. He was so right. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Oh, no, wait, no. I, I don't want to keep declaring that over myself. I don't want to just keep telling myself I'm a sinner. Why? Because then I'm going to sin. If you, if you continually say that about yourself, that's what you're going to do. If you continually say the, the family that you come out of may be a bad one or maybe a bad situation or maybe uh, a poverty level family, but you come out of it and say, if you continue to live that lifestyle and to say, oh, this is it's just who I am. It's just who I am. I grew up in it, so that must be what I am. You were born into sin, but you don't have to stay that way. Be confident of who you are in God. He calls you so much more than what we think about ourselves. He calls us so much more than what we think about ourselves. And it's amazing to me the, the little things that, that, that we don't accomplish. We don't even have opportunities to get to the big stuff because we can't do the little ones. Uh, again, you were shouting a minute ago. You just shouted. Now it's quiet in this shouting, charismatic church. <sighs> Keep going. You'll get there. Don't stop. You're going to have to leave some stuff behind. Trust the promises and go in faith, but you'll get there. You will get there. You will get there. One of my favorite promises, even more so than... than um, than all the things that benefit me in my walk with God. One of my favorite promises is the promise of salvation. Because it's amazing to me because he didn't have, it wasn't, it wasn't mandatory. It wasn't something that God had to do. But he wanted that relationship with us. He wanted the, the fellowship, the communion. He wanted to be here. He wanted us to be with him here. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and you've never made that commitment to him, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you that opportunity.
I want to give you that opportunity. And before I ask you to raise your hand, I just want to, I just want to, I just want you to think about something for a minute. Please just listen to what I'm saying. Jesus came to this earth, was beaten, bruised for our transgressions. The Bible says the chastisement of was on him. It wasn't. Even, it didn't even have anything to do with us. It was our. It was our. It was what we did, but he paid the ultimate price for it. He took it completely upon himself, and he was beaten and killed. He was murdered. He was crucified. But I'm glad that it didn't stop there because the Bible says that whenever he was buried, he rose again. And that was so that you could have an opportunity today. 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago, you were on the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was preparing at that time today's destiny. He was preparing at that time with his arms spread on the, on the, and, and nailed to the cross. He was preparing then for your eternal salvation today. He knew that you would have an opportunity today on July 27th of 2014 at the River Church in Durant, Oklahoma, that you would have an opportunity to submit your life to him, to walk the rest of your days with your Lord so that your problems can be resolved easier because you're going to get knowledge of the word after you begin walking with him and know what rightfully belongs to you as a child of the living God. If that's you today, if you say, Casey, I, even, if, even if other people think that you're saved, if you know in your heart that you've never made that commitment, it doesn't matter what other people are going to say. It doesn't matter what other people are going to think. They'll rejoice with you. If you know in your heart, hey, listen, Casey, I... People, people probably think I'm saved, but I, but I need it. I, 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 haven't, I have never made, officially made that commitment to Jesus. Would you lift your hands? I don't, I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to know who I'm praying for. I just want to pray for somebody today. Thank you for those hands. Thank you, Father, for salvations in this place. I pray all week long for salvation, signs, miracles, and wonders, and God is always faithful. I thank you, Father, for salvations today. I thank you, Father, for the people, God, that have raised their hands today, God, to, to name you as the Lord of their life, to name you, God, as, as their personal Lord and Savior. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Father God, for your presence. Now, everybody praying with me, I can give you the words, but you have to use your own faith. And if you've raised your hand, I want you to just pray this prayer, simple prayer with, with faith today in your heart. I know that a lot of people make it a lot more difficult than what it really is, but the fact is Jesus came, died, and rose again so that you could have life and have it more abundantly and know him on an intimate level as your personal Lord and Savior. And a lot of people make it more difficult than it is, but the Bible says all you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe and name him as Lord with your mouth. So I want to pray this simple prayer with you today. Dear Jesus, I know that I was once lost. I know that I was in desperate need of you. I have done wrong things. But today, I'm making a decision to follow you all the days of my life, to make you my Jesus, to make you my personal Lord and friend. And I will follow you all the days of my life. You are now my Lord. 
and I am all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Now somebody clap for joy for the people that have received Jesus today. Let them know that you're thinking about them. That's not something that, that we take lightly here at the River Church. That's what it's all about. Now, if you're here today and you may say, Casey, I, I got Jesus a long time ago, but I may have kind of slipped, tried to slip away from him in the, in, the, in the past few years or maybe the past few months or maybe last week. You're trying to, you, you've kind of distanced yourself from him. God's never going to distance himself from you, so don't ever think that, but you can distance yourself from God. If you're here today and you say, Casey, I know that, I know that I'm saved because I did it whenever I was eight, or I know that I was saved because last week I, you know, got saved on, by a preacher on, you know, through a, a preacher's ministry on TV, but, but I'm, I'm going through some stuff right now where, I, you know, I, I just don't feel saved, and some days you're not going to feel saved. It, it's life. You're not going to feel saved, but you are saved still today. But you may not feel like it. If that's you today and you just want me to pray for you, I'm not going to say, come up here. I, you know, oh, this brother's, you know, done this and this and this. I just want to know who I'm praying for this week. I want to pray for you this week. You're still saved. If you receive Jesus, you're still saved. Jesus died once. He died one time. You're still saved. You're still going to heaven. But let me, let me pray for you and help you make it, help you, help it be easier, a little bit easier to travel. If that's you today, just lift up your hands. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lift up your hands if you say, Casey, look, I, I got some things going on that I just need you to pray for me this week. I promise you that I'll pray for you. I'll spend time praying for you. I enjoy that. I enjoy praying for the saints of God. I enjoy Thank you, Jesus. I enjoy praying for you to let you to let God know to remind you that you're not alone. I've been there. I know. I know what it's like to feel alone or to feel like you've stepped away from God. To feel like to feel unsaved. But the reality is, let me encourage you today that you're not. You are still saved by the power of the living God. You're still heaven bound. But, the, but we have an enemy, just like I said earlier, John 10.10, 10, the thief, the enemy, the devil comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But you can't stop there. Jesus came that you could have life. Not only life, but more abundant life. So be encouraged that I'm going to pray for you this week. My wife and I are going to pray for you. We're going to spend time coming boldly to the throne of grace for you to this week. And finally, if you have a need that you'd like prayer for, I'm going to have uh, my wife up here and a couple of the other elders. If you want to, if you want to, to come up, if, they're, if it's needed, uh, don't feel like any need is too small. If you have a need, a sickness in your body, uh, a, a, a family friend that needs prayer, something that you just want to to, to have someone pray and agree with you. We're going to be here for you to do that. We're just going to give you just a couple of minutes. It's not, it's not pressured into this. This is something that you can or don't have to. But I encourage you that we're here for you. We're just going to give you just a couple of minutes. And you can come as I'm talking, but I just want to just encourage you this week that, 
leaving stuff behind is going to be difficult. Trusting the promises is going to be difficult, especially if, if, if you're not already. It's going to be difficult. Any new thing is difficult. And going in faith, especially if you're not right now, it's going to be difficult. You're going to get some crazy looks. You're going to get some crazy uh, crazy people that are, <laughs> that are going to try to discourage you. But stay encouraged in who you are. Grab down, uh, jot down some of the scriptures that I, that I was reading earlier or grab a CD, take it home, listen to it. Listen to the word of God. And if you're here for the first time today, we want to thank you for coming. Invite your friends and family. This church is growing. We have great leadership. We have great anointed, powerful men and women of God in places of authority here in Durant, Oklahoma. And I just want to encourage you to, to invite some family, invite some friends. And um, if you're here for the first time, come back and give our pastors a chance to minister to you. Don't judge it based on what you heard today. <laughs> Let our pastors minister to you. We have a great uh, leadership here.